Uh, hello, everyone. This is the Carbide Content Podcast. Uh, I'm David, the Contraption Collection, the Battle Scissors guy. Uh, I was hoping one of you guys would jump in. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> introduce <laughs> yourself. Anyway, we can probably just go down. Go. We can just go down in in Discord order. Oh, there you go. Okay, so I'm I'm Grant uh, from Fellowship Blades, and I make the Medusa Battle Song. I'm Dalen from Machine Wise, and I make the Seraph and Prisma Battle Songs. And I'm John from Triaxis, and I make one knife called Midnight, and that's about it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and tweezers. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what have you guys been up to? I'll start with you, Grant. Well, um, lately I've I've been homesick, which has has kind of brought up a few interesting things for me because I've I've been thinking about burnout pretty head- hardcore because I've been essentially going nonstop for mm-hmm. the last year and a half, and then I finally had my first right. vacation last week, and then I got COVID. <laughs> so nice. Um, it's it's just it's been on my mind. I, I don't know if I have any like super you know philosophical thoughts on it but it's something that i'm like feeling good in the shop this morning and the past few months i haven't felt this way when i kind of stumble into the shop so it's 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 been an interesting development but yeah oh yeah burnout is it's real and i've been through it i think three or four times now in the last two years (laughs) i i i think i'm in a sort of similar boat but you also got a vf2 i thought or a vf1 right Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So I've been looking at a VF2. Uh, I've been trying to get auction sites to to let me buy a VF2, but then they kept going for like thirty or forty grand. So I went and I bought yep. a old VF1, which will be my second spindle, um, which I'm planning on running my next designs off of, as well as some smaller projects and prototyping and stuff. So I think a second spindle is going to be really cool. I'm I'm really excited for that. Oh yeah. When does it land? Do you know? Uh, I get to pick it up like July 17th, so it's still very somewhere else right now. Okay, <laughs> but, okay. Soon, though. Yeah, soon. And I'm I'm going to get electricians coming out at some point. Um, nice. But, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm trying to just nail down my bottlenecks, because right now my one spindle is cranking almost, I think Dale and I both like 23 hours a day. Yep. Um, and then I've got that and then I'm working on grinding next. Which Dalen, you're working on grinding. <laughs> I am, sort of. Uh, I actually have a I have an Okamoto rep coming over today, uh, with a another quote for me. Nice. So hopefully I can get that moving. We'll see. Finance has always been difficult for me, so it's so, it's always tricky. Yeah. So you're using it uh to surface grind blades, or you want to get one of surface grind blades? Yeah, it'd be a direct upgrade from my little Tormach. Yeah, that'd be a mm-hmm. big upgrade. It'd be a huge, huge upgrade. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um. So they're building a quota around a, a 50k budget right now. Oh, only 50k. Yep. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know what like the bottom. Uh, you can uh, actually like get. Low... You could start getting into an automatic surface grinder from Okamoto for about 34, but that's completely base machine, no coolant. Um. Really almost know anything <laughs> other than just the machine huh yep. hmm. um an yeah, auto balancer is fourteen thousand dollars that's a fun oh fact my gosh <laughs> oh my god so, almost no one gets it apparently 
But like right. uh it does like the automatic uh resurfacing of the wheel, right? Yes. Well on the so there's an overhead dressing option, which I wouldn't go for on this one. Um on the more on the CNC controlled one. So I'm I'm looking at an eight by twenty uh ACC GX, I believe, which is like a less less programmable option, slightly dumber option than the ACC SA1 or whatever it's called. Uh, but the ones that, that have a more CNC control, they can do complete auto dressing or they have an overhead dresser, which is an automatic solution as well. So so is it CNC or like uh, is it just is, hydraulic or what's... Well, the one I'm looking at, it's it's hydraulic X, uh, I think servo driven Y and then it's a servo driven Z, but it's oh, not yeah. CNC controlled. It's just um like dumbed down can cycles on a you know, just a little push button board. Yeah, that's that's good at least uh, getting Z. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely mm-hmm. don't have that on the Tormok. Yeah, yeah, I have to walk back every five minutes to the Tormok. Mm-hmm. I'll walk away and forget about part. it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll realize thirty minutes later, oh, it's been been doing a spark out pass for the last thirty minutes. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What about you, Split? What's going on? What's new? Uh let's see. I've been quiet on social for like the last two weeks i noticed that that was yeah that's rare to see no stories on your on your account (laughs) also like yesterday i was i was posting like just a couple stories and it's like bugged i guess on my on my instagram app (laughs) so like you go to hit add story and it doesn't work so you have to like yep essentially pull from camera roll i don't know that's not a big deal obviously but i've been training an intern if you will Someone is oh. very interested in learning. Yeah. So that's kind of been like the reason that I've been posting much, and that's been really nice. interesting. Okay. Um, and so you're a two man team now. What's that? You're a two man team now. Sort of. She's like she's in the military. Like I was in the Air National Guard, and okay. she's in the same shop I was in, and she still has to go to tech school. And okay. she has like full time orders at the base starting after next week so i actually won't like she'll come by after that but she won't be during here during the week very much and then she still has tech school which is three months long it's and it's in texas but she's like she's like this is really interesting and i want a full-time job kind of thing and i'm like okay well hopefully in four months yeah right (laughs) so it's been interesting like balancing production which has not been going as good as it could have been and teaching somebody because you're like, okay, well, just follow along with what I'm doing, and you end up having to explain things. Yes, and yeah. then just that takes. <laughs> no, it, I think takes a long time. So that's um, kind of why I do what I do. Like teaching someone else is like the best way to learn for some reason. Yeah, it oh, is. definitely yep. is. Yeah, but it's it's been really fun. I really like like teaching and uh, nice. I guess helping people and stuff. So it's been oh, fun. Yeah. yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. exciting. I've just been doing a lot of research because I still don't know how to make scissor blades. Apparently, uh, I uh, oh, well, last time we talked, we kind of talked about like springiness of steel, mm-hmm. um, and so like you were saying, maybe uh, maybe try like three three uh, three seventy V or sorry uh, S ninety V whatever um, yeah S thirty V. Uh, 
And so I actually emailed the knife steel nerds guy. Oh, nice. And so, I mean, just to try to quickly summarize, um, you know, I'm trying to make scissor blades and they need to have a little bit of bend, but like getting it consistently the same amount of bend just from manufacturing is really hard. Yes. But you know, it, it's, it's sort of happening. It's sort of possible, but I, I feel like I see people and all these, you know, everyone's always trying to get me to watch that, uh, Ernest Wright scissors video, you know, people tune scissor blades for sure. Uh, and, uh, I feel like, you know, I just have to do so much bending and it's just like not possible. Um, and so, uh, you know, I wanted to know if there's like a more tunable steel, like if, 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 uh, CPM 154 is just too springy and, uh, Laren Thomas told me the steel doesn't control how springy it is but rather the strength it's heat treated to a typical okay. knife steel heated treated to 60 rockwell doesn't like to bend it will bend yes. very far before permanently bending which yep. is what i'm talking about and yeah. it and it very well may snap before it gets there i've also done mm-hmm. that um That's heat treated to a, a low hardness would mean reduced performance and possibly uh reduced corrosion resistance you might need different methods such as shaping the steel prior to heat treatment. And that's it. So maybe I, I could email him back with more. I'm not sure. But to me, that's kind of my biggest fear is is that uh, I can't just magically choose a better steel. Um, and so I've ordered some 440C I wanted to try making blades out of just because I know I've seen scissors made out of it. Yep. And I just uh-huh. want to see if it behaves different. Okay. Um, other crazy stuff I'm f- starting to research is uh, I uh, I know like on big scissors, they just like stick two pieces of metal together. And so, you know, obviously that would help if, if just like the edge is, is hard, but everything's else soft. Right. I uh-huh. don't think I can feasibly do that. But I've also seen other scissors that... Uh, like in factories and stuff, they do induction hardening. Uh-huh. And I got a crazy thought. Is it possible? This is like, maybe it will be the dumbest thing ever, but maybe it's the true and is the coolest thing ever. I should have realized it. Is it possible you can induction harden things and it's only hardening the outside surface and it's not getting fully into the core? Like or you can case harden it. <laughs> well, yeah. that's kind of what I mean. Like, do you think like induction hardening, you know, you could basically case harden. Like, I, is it is it possible some of these scissors are are just a little soft on the inside, and that's like preserving a little bit of flexibility to to be able to tweak it? I so, think it's Grant will know more. So, yeah, well, so induction hardening specifically, I'm pretty sure would be a, not a case harden because induction hardening essentially heats up the molecules through you know, electrical vibration ish magnetic yeah. vibration. Like, um, and so that's going to be the, probably the most through the steel hardening you're going to get case hardening. As far as I'm aware is essentially getting the outside really hot through other means and then quenching it quickly so that the core doesn't heat up in that time. So you could, you could theoretically case harden in your, like, uh, your kiln. If you just, heat up really hot till the outside's hot and then quench really quickly 
theoretically. Um, although I think they they have more specialized things yeah. to do that. I've I've seen specific um, like selective hardening machines that use a laser. I don't remember oh, where I, I saw this anymore. Um, and this was years and years ago. I thought it was really cool, but it also might be a little more steel specific. I'm not totally sure. And probably laser specific too. Yep. No, no, it makes sense that induction actually probably is the opposite of that because yeah, it's like the magnetic field going like all the way through the blade. Um, right. Yeah. But I'm only I'm only working with you know three thirty second at the thickest inch thick blades, so I'm not sure if any kind of case hardening right. would really be possible oh, to gosh, make a thinner. difference. Um, yeah, the, that's pretty thin. The yep. other like crazy thing that's been suggested to me is uh, nitriding, where mm-hmm. like I guess they harden things by just like putting a bunch of nitrogen atoms into the material on the surface. Yeah, yeah, um, I've had some parts nitrided before, not for my stuff, but at other jobs. Um, it can be crumbly. So yeah, I and, think. And, go well, ahead. I was gonna say, for- for your your use case specifically, um, you probably don't want a nitride unless you do a mild heat treat on the steel beforehand. Uh, nitriding would be good for your cutting edge, but the, the actual steel properties would be still unhardened, you know, flimsy steel essentially. It's just it would just be the outside would be a hard layer, you know. Yeah. Um. So what I had done, which I haven't said in a video, is is uh, um. I sent out some plates to Phoenix for heat treating. Um, and I assume in Phoenix, Dalen would know, all you have to do is like hold it up in the air and it automatically hardens just from the temperature of Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got uh, a, a natural kiln out here. <laughs> um, and they, I did this company because they were able to do like fixturing in the oven to like hold it at a certain bin. And it worked and it seemed pretty good and consistent. The first time, but then I sent another batch and it didn't work. And, the, you know, I sent them back to them and they tried to like look at it and stuff. Um, so like that's the kind of thing that keeps happening is I feel like I have a, a thing that might be like super great. Um, but then, you know, it doesn't work out. And so I think I'm just going to have to keep trying stuff and, you know, hope I get some decent blades out of it. And maybe I'll just slowly start auctioning one pair of scissors at a time or something. But I, I think it could take a while to really find a, a good process. Rain. That's what if you that's tricky. finish machines, the bevels soft, but you left room still in the, uh, you left stock on all of the critical pivot dimensions. That's, that's basically what I did with, did with the Phoenix thing ah, okay. um, is, uh, uh, I, I fully milled the bevel. I didn't, I didn't do any hard milling, but then the only hard milling I did was uh, getting the holes to size. Um, yep. And you're still having some problems with... Because I was really right hoping bit. that would work out because then I could eliminate all the hard milling on the bevel. Yep. Um, and, you know, there's still good reasons to hard mill bevels, but there I are. think uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to stick to it or not. I hate hard milling so much. 
have you um my current line of thinking and i've been talking to dalen about this for the my next design is to outsource grinding have you thought about outsourcing the grinding for the belly i I have i I also want to start doing more research on you know how much of everything i i might consider having someone else do Mm -hmm. um because i i don't know i'm just trying to figure out part of me wants to like make everything myself part of me wants to do things just in whatever the most reliable way is that allows people to buy them um yeah, I know uh, Larkin does grinding, and I think Lucas, Squid Industries, used them and, you know, had some good success and some maybe problems, too. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. You know, Larkin Precision? I've heard of them. Yeah, I've, I've heard of them. I haven't looked too crazy into them. Um, I'm, but I'm I, looking I at think... the tactile turn guys. Well, who are you looking at? The tactile turn guys. Uh, that they make oh, that right, right. Old action pen. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. With Larkin, I think it's like a 200 blade minimum. Um, Probably going to be the same unless I do some finagling. But. Right. Is there no way to get like a test one out of them? I know there's a lot of fixturing involved in those in those bevel grinders. I'm going to try. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm probably gonna. I'm just gonna pay for the fixture outright and then say, "Hey, can you just send me one before you hit yeah, go?" Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. So split. What about you? I, it seems uh, every time I see your story, it's a different uh, hard mill um, strategy. Because yeah. blades are the the biggest pain. Uh, oh, they are. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, let's see. What was I doing? Yeah, I've been doing some. You know, basically just hard milling. I tried magna cut for the first time yesterday. Yeah, then, that. Yeah, I didn't have like a perceivable difference in finish just using the same okay. beads and speeds. But I've also been tweaking them almost every time, like every side. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to chase around. Something different a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm at the limits of what is capable on the machine, honestly. That's how I feel as well, and it's frustrating because I see finish and perfections that I'm almost positive are just machine limitations. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, well, it worked on this one, and it's a brand new, a new end mill or whatever, and then... I don't know. Sometimes it's like the exact same parameters to cause it to almost look like it has chatter in a way, but it doesn't mm-hmm. kind of thing on like yep. on a really fine scale, if you will. They're not obvious yeah. wavy I, chatter marks, but mm-hmm. and then, I have uh, a I have rippling in my finish from my from my servos. Yeah. And I was so I basically for the last two years and doing all the hard milling stuff, I've always like looked at papers and stuff they're always in metric so it's always annoying trying right. to convert the actual yeah. values yep, but yep. one of the things that i've seen pretty common and recurring is like if you match your your chip load to your step over mm-hmm. it'll cause the i don't know what you call them essentially the little the scalps. crisscrosses yeah the scalps essentially will match yeah um, and the issue is they never talk about well what if you're on a curved surface or you're on a on a like right. a spline surface that yeah. changes so that messes the whole thing up so i'm always trying to try just i guess different feeds per tooth and trying to get them to match as close as possible but obviously because the surface is not uniform it never yep. will essentially on exactly. the whole thing and then well, at least, mat- oh. sorry go, go, ahead. go. No, no, go so at least in fusion there's no way to 
there's no sort of automatic math to do that. I don't know if some other mm-hmm. cam software can do that stuff. I'd imagine so, but I don't know. You know, I've never, I've never used seen it. Stuff. I've only ever used Gibbs Cam and Fusion though, and a little yeah. bit of HSM Works, which is just Fusion. Yeah, so, I almost feel like what's what's Autodesk's like really expensive in, Fifax Inventor. Yeah. Oh, Fifax is not sure. yeah, their machine. It's oh. it's cam software. Um, May, do they own Hypermill now? I don't yeah, know. that's what they I'm thinking. Do. Of. That's what oh. it is. Yep. Yeah. So I've used Partmaker, which is um, it's it's for more advanced five-axis stuff, but it's also uh, heavily marketed towards Swiss lathe mm-hmm. uh, companies. But it uses the same kernel as Hypermill. Gotcha. Uh, it's an atrocious software. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's god awful to work with. It can put out good results. All of the control options that I, that were within all of the milling tool paths that I used within Partmaker, I didn't find anything that was even on par with Fusion, honestly. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Fusion's quite good for... <laughs> it's good for most things until you get some 5-axis stuff, and even then, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So when you match your... When you're matching your, your inch per tooth to your step-up or step-over cusp height or whatever, um, are you matching your programmed... Uh, inch per tooth or are you accounting for chip thinning when you do the 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 step over um i guess i'm not accounting for any of that stuff just the the hard value of the step over and the feed per tooth okay okay yeah see i'm doing sub a fat well it's on an angled surface and i'm using a 3d contour so it's it's doing step up so i had to trig out the the actual radial load so do you want to like be able to sell blades that you don't tumble or would you are you still trying to get this surface finish even if you tumble no so the so the goal is essentially i want to take them off the machine and i want to put them in the tumbler and then i want to have a somewhat set repeatable time to be able to walk them through the tumbler media steps and then from there then they basically get inventoried as just they're done blades. And then if somebody orders like, oh, I want a blasted blade, then then it goes to get blasted. Uh-huh. That kind of thing. That way, like, you know, I can I need 10 this week kind of thing. And then because their book orders is kind of what I'm selling now. Yep. You you end up chasing your tail around like, oh, I need one blade now. And then you kind of wait on individual parts and it's right. really horrendous. Yeah. Because <laughs> you end up wasting a bunch of time. Yep. So, like I said, the goal would be able to inventory the because the blades don't change essentially, no. and then just customize them when something comes down the line, kind of thing. So, essentially, what I'd be able to do is build a knife, just a boring plain knife out of raw parts. But then, if someone's like, "Oh, I want diamond handles," then I can take the already done handles, kind of thing, and they go Ooh. on an engraving fixture, kind of thing. Okay. The, the issue is too is someone's like, "Oh, well, I want the the Musgrave pattern or whatever." But I want like the lines to be blue and I want the handle uh-huh. to be not colored. <laughs> so you end up That's... doing this thing like, first of all, how do you have them order that and have it be yeah, readable right. by a human? And then how do yep. you handle that as far as actually making them and not spending a day on one yep. whole knife? Which it, it, which is what's happening. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm trying to figure out. And yeah, yeah fully like custom stuff is is not not that easy. To work yeah, with. my solution was to just not offer custom stuff anymore because that yeah. is a nightmare. 
Yeah. I, you just have to, I think, probably put some kind of limits on it. Um, but I'm asking because it's like, you know, if you're reaching the limits of the machine, then it seems like, you know, you have to just have some not machine step. Um, is, like, is that what you're you're saying? You think like, you think that you, the surface foot finish isn't going to get good enough from the machine? Yeah, I think I'm I've I'm close to the the limit of the actual the mechanical limit of the machine as far as uh, surface finish goes because it's sometimes. It's it's very acceptable as it comes off right now. It just it it causes the tumbling time to be so long, I guess. And then I, right. I mean, it, look, it looks I'm crazy good. It. Like to me, it looks crazy good. Yeah, and it looks that's the thing. It looks good on camera, but yeah, like, I, I don't I, want to see any I mean, lines in it essentially. So I end yeah. up. I don't know. It's some people. I, I get what you mean. Yeah, it it's an interesting thing too because I've talked about this with some people, and it's. It's like you're you're selling a you know basically an eight hundred dollar knife plus, and you don't know what the stomach is of someone buying it. And some people yeah. they they're totally okay with the lines in it. They know that you know it's it's not it's a machine product, and there are yep. there are visual indications it was made. And then there are some people who don't want to see anything. And I don't want to see anything. I think it looks better that way. But at the same time. You end up spending hours and hours and hours trying to produce these things, and then I don't know. It's kind of where do you draw the line on it? And yeah. what I'm just trying to chase is I really don't <clears throat> I really don't care if the blades take a long time essentially to tumble or post process kind of thing or even machine, as long as it's consistent and it's repeatable, and I'm able to inventory them kind of thing. But right now, you end up okay. This worked last time. Let's do it again. You know, what's the, the results are different. What's a long time to tumble blades for you? Oh, it can be <laughs> it can be pretty long. I think the longest has been over 20 hours. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah, I, so mine are a five hour cycle right now. Yeah, I was saying I'm doing like five hours and I feel like it's pretty good at getting rid of tool marks and I have have a Tormach with terrible tool marks. <laughs> yeah, I almost want to say it's it's twenty CV is why, but okay. um, well, that's but I don't yeah, know. Maybe. So, but so I that Magna Cut one I put it in the tumbler last night. I haven't actually gone out and looked at it, but I also <laughs> wanted to say that was it was it Grant for the media we talked about last time, and he's like, oh, I ordered from this place. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I I ordered some of that. Let me figure out. Hold on, let me figure out what I ordered. And I got them in, and I was like, "Oh man, these are gigantic!" Like, yeah. I, don't, I think I'm gonna put a blade in here, and it's not going to exist. Like, essentially, well, you'd be surprised. Like, it's kind of like it's surprising how it doesn't round over as much as you think it might. Yeah. Well, I was more worried. The media is so huge it, that I was worried massive. it was going to just take out the edges because the they come off really thin off the machine. Let me figure out what. Yep. yep. What the it, it'll definitely it'll take off a tip like it, i've left one in for like seven hours and it the tip is lost like an eighth of an inch yeah. um you remember the but, company i'm trying to search through my oh email. shoot uh well so you, you're not talking about the stuff from mcmaster i think daily no they're using um i i forget who now but it's a it's a media specific company i believe okay yeah why can't uh, i find it this stuff that I opened the bag and I went, oh no. 
Because <laughs> they're like, I, I went, think oh, they're, yes. they're two and a half or two inches long. Um, oh my God. Oh, cylinders oh, with 45 okay, degrees the- on both ends. And they're yep. one inch, one inch wide. Okay. And I said, yeah, like I said, I, and I was like, I don't even know. I'm not sure if this is even appropriate. And at <laughs> least the ones I tried the first week on the blades got rid of the, these lines, whatever they are. It's kind of hard to right. determine what they are, but whatever they are, they got rid of them in like an hour or two. And I was like, yes, <laughs> this might nice. be it. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The issue I ran into with the larger media, because I, I was using one inch like cylindrical triangles. Yeah. Uh, so not quite as large as that, but um, still pretty large. My issue was they were too large to get into the plunge lines of my blades. Gotcha. Uh, so that's why I had to go to a smaller, smaller version of the same media. Um, and with a smaller media, it takes longer to tumble, but it it, it gets into those plunge lines better. Yeah. And uh, for the record, it's advanced finishing. That's what it was. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Let's see what that order was. Yeah, my. You must have gotten bigger ones than I did. <laughs> I said, "What's the biggest you got?" I don't think oh, it was God. the biggest, but. Yeah, I'm using seven eighths, and I thought that might be getting too big. Yeah, these okay. were the uh, the product is the AF dash X twenty five by forty, and I'm gonna guess that's millimeters yep. angle cut yep. cylinder. Nice. So what what is that for? Twenty five. That's one by like inch and three quarter, inch and five eighths. Yeah, two. Sorry, I have to look it up. Yeah, one point seven seven inches. Yep, one right. Yeah, yeah, they're they're big. They're, yeah, like, they're they're chunky. What's funny too is when like you know how sharp stuff is when it comes out of the bag. They look like rocks essentially, uh-huh. like shale mm-hmm. rocks. And then they <laughs> they smoothed out pretty nice though. Now though, okay. mm-hmm. but in the beginning they were so loud. <laughs> it's like destroyed tumbler using these, <laughs> but the tumbler handled it fine. So hopefully. Hopefully those work pretty good. I tried handles for a little bit too, titanium in them, and it seemed to work okay. pretty good. Which would yeah, be pretty I'm exciting running... if you know if you can get it to go fast, then that's what matters. Right. Yeah, because I yeah, went. I... Uh, I'm using my media now on titanium, so it's the really aggressive stuff on everything, and it, yeah, it works great on titanium. It's actually a half hour shorter tumble cycle for my tie handles now. Nice. That's awesome. I'm I'm doing my rough stuff, the smaller stuff. I think it's fifteen by fifteen, whatever. Um, and I do three hours for my tie, and then I go to a, a pretty much finished tumble for those, and then my blades are six hours. And that stuff. Yeah, they okay. get smooth as butter. <laughs> six hours, cool. I might even try longer on my blades. I, yeah. I just kept cranking it, and it kept getting better. So <laughs> Right. My, my been, issue is... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I've been running into... um. So I used to have the, those line issues that you were having split, where it'd be... Yeah. Like it was a good finish, and then out of nowhere, there's like one line across the entire length of the bevel. Yeah. Um, I talked to a Harvey rep about it. I actually had a, a Harvey Apps guy come into my shop finally, and he thought it was from um, chip dragging. Gotcha. Yeah, I talked to Marv from Kern about that, and I was yeah, like, yeah, okay. Hey, look at this. Does this look like like chip smearing essentially? Right. And then we also talked about appropriate coolants for. I think I had asked him on handles. Which is uh, on titanium. Yep. Obviously, the cutter's dull. Then you'll really yeah. get that. But yep. yeah, I can see that where it it just drags a little bit deeper 
than mm-hmm. the, its neighbor, essentially. My right. other thing, too, is I've noticed in Fusion, and this is kind of something, um, if you have a surface, like the top swedge on the knife, I'm not really sure what you'd call it. It's above the bevel. It's like just a secondary bevel almost. Yeah, like, yeah, swedge usually. Yeah, there's a, when you when you finish it, there's one, I'm not sure how it collapses. So I'm doing steep and shallow, and they're okay. shallow passes. So they're parallel passes. Okay. It, the way it collapses the toolpath and it divides the step overs, it's almost like in the center of the surface, there's a double or where it's the step over is not equal like mm-hmm. as, as its neighbor in a way. Like it's yep. not divided equal. So the center ends up having this sort of little deeper line almost like it's been double yep. cut. And I've noticed that in other not uniform surfaces. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's another... And when you simulate two, it's almost it's because of how the step, how close everything is. Yeah, it's useless. Density, it's almost impossible to tell. It is. There's no there's no real number indicator. Um, I've tried practically every 3D toolpath that Fusion yeah. offers for bevels, <laughs> and then I will zoom in on those toolpaths. And I mean, I've seen portions where it's jagged. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I pretty much default to the parallel or whatever, and not. Not even try yep. to mess with those too much because it just takes so much time. Yeah, 3D contour <laughs> is is what I managed to get to be the most uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the the line issue went away when I swapped over to a two flute uh, bullnose finisher from Harvey. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Maybe so because what, it has such larger chip evacuation areas or something. Yeah, yeah. So are you using uh, air? Yes. Yes, I'm. Yeah, I think we're both hard milling with air. Yeah, because yeah. I've heard like the number one factor in surface finish is chip evacuation. So I did just now the the data's out there for using Alton coded tools that yep. you should be using air over like I think it's something like 45 Rockwell C or something or 40. Yeah. And and I'm of course you're like, okay, cool, the data's there, but we're just gonna we're gonna find out ourselves. So if you <laughs> right. use flood coolant the surface finish is much better, but it is. It only lets the tool last for one side of the blade. Oh, uh-huh. because <laughs> you I pulled it out. Look under, under the scope and it's chipped all around. Yeah. 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 And then it's you use air. Exploded. Yeah. And it's crazy. And you use air and it it does not chip. It won't nope, chip. It's a little it just, shiny. It is just like dull. Layer of the coating. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think air can be better for chip evacuation. You just, you know. It's just the nozzle, if it's only like one nozzle and it's only a certain uh, direction, a certain distance away, you know, then then it limits you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, air is great. It's expensive. It's, yeah, I was just about to say, it's incredibly <laughs> expensive. And it's it's also, yep. the noise pollution from it's pretty wild. Uh-huh. And yeah. the thing is, yeah. you're, I don't have the same tool heights for all the tools. Yep. And I have to use, they're all Alton coated. So you end up having to like do this balance of how much air flow plus yeah, the, my air compressor essentially can't keep up. It's a really small screw compressor. I got a screw and, compressor. That's nice. Yeah. And I would really, really love through tool, both coolant and air. I feel like I would, that would be that. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But I'm actually uh, using my old fog buster as my air source. Gotcha. I almost <laughs> wonder if you can put through tool air. On the Haas. I don't know if that is locked out because I have the Union, anyways. If you have the Union, I'm, you might be able to make it work somehow. Do you have a VF2 or, or a VM? A or VF2. The, VF, okay. Yep. Yeah. 
Because the union's there. I almost wonder if the control button to turn on through air is there. Because if there's no solenoid, you can add one and then plumb it yeah, up to yeah. the union. But It's a matter of if that code's locked out. Yeah. But then again, is there something else I'm missing instead of just yeah, dumping right. air down the center? Yeah. <laughs> messing yeah. something up. Yeah, def- I would be worried about where it's going on the back end. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's got to come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I don't know, but yeah, tool coatings, that's a real thing. It's not just a made-up... It is. Uh, Helical's T-plus coating is phenomenal. Gotcha. What is, do you know what that's supposed to be? As far uh, as is that the coppery one? Dude. Yeah, yeah, it's the copper-looking color. I, th- I think it's a... Is it, it might be a TICN plus or something. I forget. Hmm. Or it's an Alton plus. I forget now. Is it, uh, I have to look at it again. Do they say you can use it with flood coolant? Uh, so it's a pretty general purpose coating, uh, but they have tested it up to 68 Rockwell successfully. Oh. Uh, so any time that I bring up hard milling with Harvey guys, they're like, yeah, you need T-plus coating. So then I ask them, can I get T-plus coating on any of the any of the Harvey tools? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That'd be yeah, too it's easy, weird. wouldn't it? Yeah, it's, it's weird that they like have their own weird names for... Just helical coatings, but not Harvey. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, it sounded like they might have potentially been open if I do a large enough order to T plus coat hmm. the Harvey tools I'm using. Ooh, that'd be sick. Dude. I've well, Har- been, Harvey been spending has a lot like, of time with them. Harvey has specific hard milling tools too. Uh, they do. Is the coating different? Yeah, it's a standard. Uh, I'd have to look them up, but Harvey is what I use for all my hard milling right now. Um, it's so far some of the best I've used, and I get good tool life out of it. My finishers get in about I think sixteen or seventeen hours of cut time, yeah, uh, before it is bad enough for me to swap out. Yeah, yep. And you said that's a you're using a two flute for that. Yeah, yeah. For the finishing on the bevels in particular, I'm using a it's an eighth inch two flute thirty thou radius. Gotcha. And Wait, it's, it's only it's an eighth inch. Phenomenal. Yeah, I'm using an eighth inch to finish, so I'm on a BT30 spindle. Oh my god, an eighth inch with. Oh, uh, so I'm with prioritizing. A, with only with two flutes, that, red, that, yeah. that feels like that would take forever. Uh, I mean, run it at twelve thousand RPM, and you run it at eighty inches a minute at like a one thou radial load. <laughs> it's it's a finishing tool, okay. so it wants small engagement. But you can't even do like three sixteenths with a bigger. Bullnose or something. Uh, then, then you start getting into too much, uh, too much cutting forces on the blade. Yeah, at least in I, my well, experience, yeah, maybe it all depends on how you approach it, though, as well. For you, it's a little bit harder because you don't have a lot of speed on your machine. Yep. I do have yeah. the benefit of of uh, you know I can I can feed it well past three hundred inches a minute without any problems. I don't go that fast, but. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm. I'm even thinking about if I want to try to redesign the blade. I I like the weird blade shape I, shape I came up with, but I'm thinking, and, and I'm I'm doing the full bevel, uh, mostly for weight because I want it to you know flip good as a butterfly knife and mm-hmm. have two blades. Uh, but if I could make the blade a little smaller, but then not have to do the full bevel. Um, 
I think that I think that could help with like trying to manipulate it with the bending stuff or whatever, and it also would just mean less bevel milling, less hard milling. Right. You could do less bevel and maybe put some pockets somewhere, not not through pockets necessarily, but like just some some lightning features elsewhere on the blade, maybe. I've thought maybe. about that. I've modeled it, but it doesn't look great, and it doesn't remove nearly as much weight as you'd think it would. Yeah, I've noticed that. Have you tried uh, bending them before heat treat and then heat treating them and then quenching them not on plates, but in like a liquid? I haven't ever quenched anything in a liquid. Um, I've kind of messed with bending before heat treat, but I've never done anything extreme. And, and like, like I, I'm not sure where to go in terms of heat treating with or without any bevel. Because if I, if I heat treat with... Uh, the bevel, it wants to bend in the opposite direction. So then I'd have to bend it even more in the correct direction. Right. Uh, see, that's where I, I mean, just wish like I could get some level of tunability after heat treat is, is uh-huh. because it just feels like it would be an insane amount of trial and error, you know, just trying right. to, trying to get it happen to happen through heat treat or what, what has kind of worked for, the few scissors you've seen is the hard milling last step just happens to warp the blades a tiny amount if the tool isn't too dull. If the tool, right. if the tool is too dull, then it warps it like a crazy amount. But either way, it's at least in the correct direction because it, it can only be in one direction. Yep. But that's that's Zero. basically how Phoenix Heat Treat is is tackling it because they have a uh, they have a a vacuum furnace and then they can also I think quench within the furnace. With some yeah, they just like magic. flood it with nitrogen or something. Yeah, so they can they can actually fixture it up in their furnaces with a bend in it, and then heat treat it with that bend in it, and then quench it without physically touching it. And even then, I guess he was having problems with the repeatability on the bend. What I'm oh, thinking about doing is do just that. sending another batch to them, but putting in more of a bend before they get it. Okay. And, and seeing if it I helps. I, I don't know. Could you... This is crazy, but what if you what if you did that? You made a fixture for a normal furnace. What's the steel you use to wrap blades? It's like is it three oh three or three oh four? Yeah, those are uh, the, the high tip stainless. Yeah. One of those. So if you made a fixture out of that and then you enclosed the blade in there and he treated the entire thing. And then <laughs> and then you had a port, an air port you could you could kick into <laughs> to quench it. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But that, what if that worked? I'd do it. That'd be See, cool. I'm just kidding. That's a little much, but. <laughs> the thing is that, like, even if it worked, uh, you know, it has to be, like, so perfect. Like, I, I want the, like, tunability. Like, even if I get a blade that's, like, bent just a small amount and in the correct direction, you know, I feel like I want to be able to tune it like I see other scissor makers tune it. And like, you know, everyone says, and, and like the videos say, like being a putter together of scissors takes many years to master. And like, that's probably true. Like, but I, I feel like, you know, like, yep. I'm not even sure if I'm doing anything because it's crazy how much bend I have to put in the blades to, to get right. it to, to, to change to where, uh, you know, a different place. It's definitely not what you see in videos. So maybe... I mean, going back to a more crude approach, 
keeping it more simple. Um, I know S35VN. I've had a straightened blades quite a few times. Um, and I think I've only shattered one S35VN so far while trying to bend them. Uh, but they do take a bend pretty well <laughs> when cold. So so it's it's post heat treat. Yep, post heat treat. Um I've had a lot of success. How how bent was it? Um gosh, so like if um enough to like touch one of my channels without any uh without any wiggling. Um so what? Over the course of the five and a half inches of cutting length, it bowed out about close to a hundred thou. That sounds eighty thou maybe. I mean, and I was yeah. Able to it, bend I mean, it back. moving a hundred thou is a lot. Yeah, I don't feel like I can do that with CPM one fifty four. I'm nice. I, I don't know. I wish like I want to talk more to the knife steel nerd sky maybe, but right. Yeah, like I don't think I could do that with CPM one fifty four. And okay, and I'm, maybe I'm only even. going to like sixty or fifty eight Rockwell. You're probably going harder than that. No, I'm doing right around fifty seven, fifty eight actually, because these get dropped all the time. Okay, you know, I I think maybe I I have gone too hard. Uh, potentially. potentially, I've seen scissors that are like sixty Rockwell though. Um, right, but I, I don't know. It you know, there's so many different variables. It, it could be just blade geometry or whatever. Yep. You know, maybe if try a more aggressive temper cycle. Uh, you mean yeah. to like bring the hardness down? Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, this last batch that I'm waiting to receive back a second time from Phoenix. Um, they, uh, that this time I only shot for like 58 or something. The first batch was actually harder. Um, okay. Actually, maybe, maybe that's why the results are different. The two things that changed is I wanted to go a little bit softer. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, last time they like, uh, bead blasted them or, or, or did some kind of blasting to them. First day, uh, without your and, request. Yeah, they just did it for some reason, but I, I didn't even... It was so, like, oh. fine, I didn't even notice. I thought it was just the oven's really good, but then I got these blades back, and they were, like, super uh, gold and pinkish yep, color. golden, so those were untouched. And so they didn't do it, and I was like, that's weird, and if that's, like, the only variable that's changed, I've heard you can use blasting to warp metal. And so hmm. I was like, do you think that's possible? And he's like, I don't really know. And I was like, well, just blast half of them and send them back. Uh, they blasted. I wonder if they so developed scale by accident. Maybe if the, maybe these ones yeah. all get blasted, uh, maybe they'll actually have... Because honestly, uh, what the problem was they were basically too flat. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, and, if, and, because, job. and because they're too flat, sort of, it means maybe I can bend them a little bit. And so Phoenix still could be a solution. Um, and right. I'm glad that they've been so helpful. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, like, uh, all, all this stuff, like, uh, you know, there's like the thing where it's, uh, the definition of insanity is like trying the same mm -hmm. thing twice and expecting different results. Machining is <laughs> yeah. the opposite of that. You try <laughs> the same thing twice and always get different results. Yup. That's oh, how yeah. it feels like. So your so your problem essentially is you need a curve on the cutting edge of the the two blades when they come together. Yeah, because that, that way it accounts for any weird tolerance issue. They naturally want to squeeze together, kind of thing. Yep, and they're chiseled. Ground. Yeah. So sort of. Yeah. How? What? 
you don't do anything right now, right? They're surface crowned, and then you machine the top bevel on them, and then you just need to figure out how to put a bend in them. Could you could you grind a bend into them with like a round wheel and a fixture as the uh, sharpening edge? And like, so actually- I so I so there's this woman Grace Horn who makes scissors, and she's even worked at uh, that Ernest Wright uh, place. Uh, who makes handmade scissors in England? Okay. And I, I bought her book and read it, and have reread it. And she talks about this grinding machine that's made for uh, grinding, basically what you're talking about. And it's like oh. it talks so much in the book. It's like it's so great. It has all these ways to save your settings purely mechanically, but you don't even need to save your settings because it's so intuitive and easy to use that you can oh, just wow. adjust it. And it's like, wow, this sounds like a great grinding machine. Yeah, uh, right. And then it's like, and it's even in that video where Ernest, right? They have one, and you can see it. Uh, and then, and then it's like, oh, but they haven't made it for fifty years, oh. and and there's like no information on it. Yeah, there it is. Because like the really good ones, the really good scissors, they're not even—they're not just grinding. A, I mean, it's a combination of all these things. Like there's the tuning with the twisting of the metal, but then there's like making of these specific grinds on the backside. But then they also are grinding like a twist into it too. Mm. So there's oh. like even less rubbing. It's like crazy. Oh, so they're oh. only contacting on the cutting edge, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like so much crazier stuff goes into it than uh oh, than like a knife. And uh and so like maybe in the future, um, you know, obviously scissors are still mass manufactured and right. uh and this applies to at least a good amount of them. And so the big grinder that uh Lucas wants to get and the big grinder that uh tactile turn has whatever for bevels. Yep. Um, I think like, the, yeah, burger, some of those companies I think do make stuff that can do the type of stuff scissors do. It's just, it's just that like, uh, you know, obviously that's probably a ways away for me to get something like that, but I have <laughs> yeah, thought about looking for companies that already have those machines okay. and mm-hmm. seeing if maybe they would, you know, I'm, I'm like really examining everything, Doing, right. you know, doing grinding on my own, uh, or trying to do like three D surfacing on the backside, you know, I've thought about that stuff, but I feel like it just gets really weird. And then if if I have the same problems with machining or grinding with warp that I've had, you know, not having a super good grinder with cool and everything, mm-hmm. I, I'm just you know, I I just not sure. I'm not sure like how how much time it's yeah. worth I, I don't know i guess another thought could be uh leaving extra stock on on one of the sides on maybe the back side and, and then surface grinding that down more to induce a warp i've i've thought about that um well not really to induce a warp but uh i mean i don't know i've, I've also kind of like because this is like you know, like I I also think I'll get these blades back and they're too flat, quote unquote. If that's right. repeatable, I think maybe that's what I ship. I I think like there just might be with all these different things. It's like I just have to accept that some blades will be scrap and that these blades that I do ship might only be able to cut paper. 
Like if you're trying to cut fine silk or something, you know, <laughs> you're just going to have to wait till I'm way better and have better yep. machines or whatever. I mean, if you think but about like it. Most people are probably more about flipping anyway. And so yes, if they cut fa- paper, but they don't cut tissue paper, I don't know how much people will care. So I mean, 90% of your, of your, of your, customer base is probably going to be ballet enthusiasts who are going to use it 99% of the time for flipping anyway and the novelty factor because they're cool and then maybe they're going to open packages that have other ballets in it with them (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is that's i swear that's that's all that my knives get used for yeah Yeah. i mean (laughs) uh, yeah i and i i want to be honest like if i if I auction one or something, I'll like make a video being super yeah, honest. Like, be transparent. These aren't, these aren't yeah. gonna like beat a Medusa or whatever in terms of flipping. They're not gonna beat uh, some like heavy duty ten inch Ernest Wright scissors for cutting <laughs> leather or something as scissors either. You know, it's right. it's just something something neat. Uh, I'd say take a Blem one at some point early on once you have one that's like decent but maybe has some minor visual imperfections put on a pass around definitely i mean i i i guess i i should do that i um i mean what what would be in your oh so what are you thinking the point of the pass around would be uh mostly just for getting the name out there in more in the ballet community side well i i got too many subscribers already i i yeah, i'm not fair. worried about you have a lot of subscribers i do say I, I'm not worried that. about the. I'm, I'm worried about too much hype, which is why I like probably <laughs> get too perfectionisty. It would um, also get more uh, more flipping thoughts out into yeah. the community. I think more flipping thoughts would be uh, good. Yep. Um, people will see it flipping in action, and and people will get you know they'll say, "Oh, this flips really good," and then they'll they'll post about it a little bit and kind of validate the flipping aspect of it more than anything. I'm I'm also hoping to put up a website soon. And I've thought about uh, trying to do a survey and just like one of the questions would be, what do you want to cut with it? Right. Because I'm You're thinking kidding. most people will just say like open a box or cut paper. Yeah. Uh, but like I get people saying they want to like trim bonsai trees or like gels for film lighting or something. I, and, I, uh, I can see the bonsai tree aspect actually. Yeah. Be be gentle and careful with the, with the, um, survey kind of aspect because half the community won't take it seriously and you'll get no they will not you'll get a lot of misleading information (laughs) no Mm -hmm. that's well that's yeah you'd have to make it careful you don't want to if you put in like options it's multiple choice people will pick the silliest option or whatever every time yeah Uh, yeah i would just go for the release and go on feedback by release and oh no! I mean, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm, I'm more leaning that way. I think it'd be good to do a survey eventually, but like, you know, maybe one through ten, maybe one through twenty, it's like, just make a video like, hey, this is what it is. This is what it does. You know, pay what you think it's worth. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously, I hope to keep improving. I mean, yeah. so you, the biggest current issue is this, this bend in the cutting edge right and yeah so you don't need the twist right or is that part of the no i i I think just the bend for now uh as long as it's like not super twisted in the wrong direction right i don't need the twist and i might not even totally need the bend if it you know it just kind of limits 
how perfect the cutting is. So, I mean, breaking down the problem, there's in my mind, there's two good solutions. And I think you could hard mill the bend into them or you could grind the bend into them, both, both post heat treat, and you would have repeatable. Both of those would be repeatable once you figured it out, essentially. If you don't need the twist, you can figure out the twist stuff later by making, I guess you can make a fixture for it and cut the twist into it like that. Or you could mill the twist into it. You but, don't even have to have the twist. Another thing scissors do is they just like kind of hollow grind the back a little bit. Okay. Um, it's just yeah. for less rubbing. And and again, yeah. I'm not worried about that. Like I, I've made so many 3D printed scissors that cut paper like pretty good or, or even cut other stuff. Like, like some people are like, you got to do all this stuff to make scissors that cut it all. And it's like, I've made like my very first 3D print like cut stuff, like That's probably... Awesome. Ha- like good enough for 90% of people. Um, but obviously I want to eventually get to that level where they're like, right. like real random scissors you buy at, you know, just $10 scissors you buy at the store. You know, uh, I want them to be, <laughs> I mean, I'd like to be beyond the $10 scissors, y- but yeah, right. But, uh, but repeatable cutting action. It's a, tr- it's a tricky thing. And, and there might also be some limits just because of the whole mechanism going on as well. Um, you know, I'm worried that uh, how I have the two things going together, if I'm doing like hollow grinding or whatever on the backside, I'd have to like kind of limit the area it's in or, or whatever because I need to have the two things go together. Right. Um, and, and if I have too much bend, like I've talked about, it kind of binds up the mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, and this bend is subtle. The, this is the, the bend, I feel like it's only like five thousandths per blade. Like, oh, wow. It's, you know, 10, maybe, maybe 10. I might even be able to go up to 15, but like five to 15 thou is what I'm thinking. I feel Um, like that's so doable on an Arbor press. Yeah. So it it seems like, it seems like crazy that it's so difficult to fix, (laughs) but, but I don't know. I'm going to mess with it when I get these possibly two flat blades, um, yeah, it's just a weird thing that it doesn't seem like it should need like a bunch of crazy fixturing and stuff. It's right. just, it just has to be within the range after heat treat and after hard milling. Mm-hmm. And if it's within the range, you should be able, you said you were able to adjust a hundred thou. And, and so that's where maybe the steel choice matters, but yeah, you know, it's, maybe it should like 80, be. but it was, a, it was a lot. It was, it was quite a bit and it's, I'm but never afraid of snapping a blade anymore when I if go If it's dead before. flat and I add five thou, like that's nothing compared to eighty thou. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm know. I'm fairly confident. Once you switch to four forty C, you just set up a jig and arbor press, and you could probably just hit every blade once, and you'll be fine. Yep. Be yeah, four forty takes a bend pretty nicely. I, I've also heard that uh, four forty C has like really good dimensional stability, so maybe I won't have to hard mill the holes. If you're I getting would them, still hard mill the holes <laughs> personally, but. It's, it is better than a lot of stuff. Yep. What is, what's the actual mechanical purpose of the bend that you've read? It's for, it's for, so if the blades are not exactly parallel, they'll still squeeze together and actually cut, right? So if, if the two blades are like dead flat, um, things want to kind of like, like, uh, slide in between the blades like if you cut something like tissue paper it'll just if you have some bad scissors you might be able to just 
see it happen. You try to cut like tissue paper, it just pushes the paper in between the blades instead of cutting it. Right. And so that that's like all it does is because they're like, you know, putting tension against each other, it makes it so nothing can slip between them. Gotcha. And that's basically the yep. point of it. And how how are the edges actually sharpened? Or are you just leaving them as surface ground, and when they come into contact, that's sharp enough? No, I'm sharpening them, uh, and that's, sharpening scissor angles is weird too, so I think the last ones I did was like 35 degrees, like it's it's always steeper than a knife, um, uh, and you're only sharpening one side, and so I have to figure out how to deal with the burr on the opposite side potentially. I have this horizontal grinder, which helps have less of a burr. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you want the opposite side to be flat, basically, unless you're right. doing the weird hologram stuff. Um, gotcha. and, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, I'm, I'm grinding a, a micro bevel, whatever, uh, that's like, uh, you know, I might do like 45 degrees, let's say. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and also like having that tension and like, if you get it really sharp, it, it just makes like a really, really nice cut. Like, uh, you know, if, if the blades are duller, it kind of, it looks like from far away, like a nice cut, but then you see like kind of microscopic tears where a nice, really good sharp pair of scissors, uh, it, uh, you know, it's just like just a dead, super straight, clean edge. Right. You know what's also ironic is like scissors. I've done like some leatherworking and sewing in the past. Like, if you talk to other so people who do sewing stuff, they'll get mad if you cut paper with their scissors. They have separate scissors because paper dulls scissors like way worse than so many things. And so you know yeah. you keep your fabric you know. scissors for fabric and nothing else. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It's yeah. like cardboard will dull a blade. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, all, the, all the particles still, getting stuck in the wood. It's yep. awful for blades. Yeah. It's it's like the, the carbon ligament tube, whatever. I, I forget the word of uh, wood, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, uh, by the way, gentlemen, we're right at an hour. Um, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Is this where you want to call it? I guess so. I think that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Thanks for tuning in this time. Yeah, right. We'll need to come up with a, with an outro as well. <laughs> yeah, we do not. <laughs> Hard stop. <laughs>